MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, October 21st, 2019. Today, Mick Mulvaney walks back his confession. Giuliani Associates are indicted. Fertosh changes lawyers. Sundland's testimony in the impeachment proceedings. Trump's not-so-super PAC. Dershowitz loses again. Trump's finances and the ceasefire. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Amanda Reeder. Hello. And guest host, Jesse Egan. Hey. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Jordan Coburn, Tits McGee is on vacation. So <laughs> she uh, did uh, want to take a personal day. And as I encourage that everyone do that from time to time, I really should be on myself for doing that. You uh, should. I should make it's that important. happen. I think in December I'm Recording in a- from plain bathrooms. I know. <laughs> that was fun, though. I, I was literally in the lavatory. And I said it at mile high, but it was way more than that. We were at 30,000 feet. And I'm in there and it's like, like the crazy noise. And I'm recording my phone. And I've written this tiny script and people are like starting to line up. I'm in the first class bathroom, by the way. Fancy. Up by the cockpit and uh, recording the Daily Beans for Friday. So um, we're go- there's some stories that I'm going to repeat a little bit, but I wanted to go into more detail today. So... Uh, that should be fun. And we had a great comedy show last night. That was yes. interesting. Oh, nice. Performed for two whole audience members. Yeah. Aww. At the Brick Room in the back of Madhouse, our, our D&D off, awful neutral group, Yes, uh, did a comedy show. And your uh, outfit was amazing. Thank you. I, I cosplayed yeah. as my <laughs> cowboy, cowman character. Yes. Chud Bingsley. So it was fun. We inter- you know entertained each other. You were very funny. So, oh, so that were was you? good. As cowman doesn't roll off the tongue as easily as cowboy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. It doesn't. He, he's part cow and he's also a cowboy. You know. That, oh so, shit! Yeah. Oh, that changes so he's everything. Like a cowman, cowboy. I yeah. don't know how. To oh no, that makes it. sense. Yeah, it sounds Amazing. weird though. Have but you it was seen fun. the YouTube video "Bitch, I'm a Cow"? No, I haven't. Look it up. Okay. Well. After recording, <laughs> okay. it's very important. Perfect. I think that probably is relevant to your interests. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. I'm gonna assume so. I'm it really down. sorry for whoever goes and looks at this now. It's ridiculous and i apologize <laughs> i'm really sorry i like how you're apologizing up front like hey just to thwart any of the Please emails don't. that i possibly may or may not get it's like a half naked girl like dressed as a cow dancing so just be forewarned okay okay content <laughs> warning it's on youtube cow tent warning yes it's cow pg-13 <laughs> it's it's pg-13 okay so it's relatively safe for work yeah depending on where you work depending on where you work mm-hmm. but yeah she can is i right leave there. a gratuity for this is there cow tipping allowed <laughs> sorry <laughs> this is what she brought me on for, really. If you work at Pornhub, I guess everything's safe for work. Yeah. Uh, that'd be, oh, I was going to say, that'd be a fun job, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I take that back. I roll, I rescind that statement. NSFW yeah. is relative. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> really? Compared, yeah. just it depends on where you work. Uh, so we do have a lot of uh, news to get to. Uh, so many things happened in this shit show of a weekend. So mm. let's, uh, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Well, as you all know from my Daily Beans update from the lavatory on an airplane, Mick Mulvaney made a stunning press conference uh, in which he admitted there was a quid pro quo between Trump and Zelensky and uh, that we do that kind of thing all the time, he says, and we should just collectively get over it. Uh, that was it, right? Get over it? Yeah, get over it. Yeah, he even made a shirt. They made a shirt and they're selling him at the Trump shop now that says get over it. and the, With a little Trump wig on the G. On the O. It's on the oh, O. Oh, it's on the O. Yeah. Uh, maybe it is on the G. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, uh, somebody tweeted out, oh, here's a confession on a shirt. That's wonderful. Uh, he also admitted that withholding aid was illegal because they didn't have a good reason to do it. Basically, and this is the part of the press conference where, you know, Mulvaney was saying, I'm sure I'm putting you all, all of you to sleep with this. Uh, But he admitted that he was concerned about the legality at the OMB, Office of Management and Budget, about the legality of withholding the military aid uh, because there's a law called the Budget Control Act that says if Congress appropriates money for something, you have to spend it on that thing. So Mulvaney said they had to spend the money by September or they'd have to have a really, really good reason not to. 
And to me, it's clear Mulvaney is saying that they were withholding aid for a quid pro quo. They didn't have a really good reason not to send the aid, and it would have been a violation of the Budget Control Act if they didn't send it, which is ultimately why they sent it. (laughs) And that statement from him tells me that they had some sort of an internal discussion about why they couldn't withhold the funds legally. And finally... Uh, Mulvaney announced at the press conference at the press conference that Trump had decided to hold the G7 summit at his own private Doral resort. Uh, Within hours, he walked back his statement saying there was no quid pro quo. uh, And sometime around midnight, Trump withdrew Doral as the site for the G7. I'm pretty sure Trump blew up at Mulvaney for admitting the quid pro quo. And that's why he walked that back. But unless it was Trump's idea and then everybody got mad at Trump and then Trump had to, by proxy, get mad at Mulvaney. Mm. Who, who knows? Uh, I don't think they have a process at all. <laughs> but with the G7, I think one of two things happened. Either foreign leaders said, we're not going to be party to you breaking your own laws. Plus, you have bed bugs. Or <laughs> somebody tweeted out, I hear the place is bugged, <laughs> which I thought was a good joke. Mm-hmm. So it was either that the world leaders didn't want to do it. They didn't want to go there. And first of all, I mean, we've seen photos of the omelet bar. It sucks. Let's just be honest. (laughs) Or Republican senators called him up and said, look, we're having a hard enough time towing the line for you on Ukraine. But if you do this, we can't vote to exonerate you in an impeachment trial. And then Trump goes on Twitter and, of course, blames the media and the Democrats, just like Mulvaney did. Uh, with that, that he's yeah. like, oh, you crazy! If it weren't for those meddling Democrat and right. you I would have gotten away with it too. And media kids, yeah. I could have had it at Doral, but you all freaked out. He also was like, I was surprised at the backlash. Like, were you? <laughs> if if it was, if all it took were the Dem Democrats and the media to be upset about something, he wouldn't be president right now. Yeah. Also, like announcing that you're holding it at your own property in the midst of this investigation is so insane. It is insane. <laughs> Uh, Every day, though, something insane happens and we're like, I didn't even think it could get that bad. Right. But this weekend was just... Well, there's uh, no line. He doesn't care. No. So he'll just keep pushing it no matter what. I I think that's his thing. I think it's a valid point to suggest that other world leaders were like, fuck no, dude. Yeah. That's possible. (laughs) We're not. Yeah. Yeah. Merkel might have called him up and said, bro. No. First of all, I'm not staying at your shitty resort with your half-ass omelet bar. It's not happening. And bed bugs? Gross. You know it can't be pressure from the Democrats that made any... Budge for no, him. I mean, he, the Democrats have been pressuring him for the whole time. He all sorts of shit. So it had to be Republicans or foreign or the leaders diplomats that said something. And I think the best part, Mulvaney must have shot the whole administration in the foot by not only you know touting Doral as the most amazing place to have this, but also shitting all over other places. <laughs> like, yeah, remember when we had it at Camp David? What a pile of what shit, asshole place that was. <laughs> and then he tried to say there was one resort we were considering that was so high in altitude we would have had to have had oxygen tanks. And I'm like, what, what? resort has why oxygen tanks? What? I know they tried to convince us that like the Trump resort was the best place they could be. We yeah. we had a list of twelve. This was just the best one. Yeah, and yeah. He, he kept calling Doral Mar-a-Lago, which confused some of the press people. They're like, wait, so two of the four were oh Trump properties, <laughs> Mar-a-Lago and Doral? And they're like, no, 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 just one, Doral. And he's like, you've been calling it Mar-a-Lago this whole time. <laughs> like oh, have I? Oh shit! <laughs> it's like when your mom gets you like a shitty version of the thing you asked for for your birthday because they sold out of the good one. I yeah. wanted. She's like, and she bought me zips. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. I'm there. And she's like, "No, it's good. Really, it's good." And you're like, it's "Not." Parents what just I don't wanted. understand. Yeah. Get jiggy with it. I got go bots, and I want a transformer. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> dang it, Mulvaney!" Get me jeans with the upside down triangle, but it says "best" on it instead <laughs> of "guess." You know, you're like, yeah. oh, "All right, thanks for that." Madre. I think Pumas were just upside down Nikes. They were yeah. just like, "These are cheaper." Then they became cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't understand why he would come out and say, we do it all the time. Get over it. Yeah. That's the part that really blew me away. This happens all the time. Yeah. And I mean, if it happens all the time, you still don't say that out loud and admit it, right? (laughs) I mean, that's insane. We break the law all the time. I I don't get that tactic. I mean, I understand that Trump does it all the time where he just admits to crazy stuff and then flips it and the people claim he's joking mm-hmm. you know china please investigate oh he couldn't have been serious must have been joking why would you think he's joking uh, I the man, i've never seen the man smile laugh or joke he's terrible at joking so i don't Trump know or mulvaney 
anyone you know <laughs> anyone in that whole group of anyone people. with death rot in their soul <laughs> <laughs> it's like that old ellen joke like hey, i'm just kidding well then you don't know how to kid properly because we should both be laughing <laughs> and the g7 thing it's not it's not like they just came up with it they had been thinking about this for months yeah so it was just it, it just seemed like a weird distraction right to bring it up right now but it really wasn't. It was like they'd been yeah. planning this crime just happened for to come a while. Out this time. Yeah. Well, it, well, notice though that we're not talking about Ukraine at the moment, and mm-hmm. so I think he does. Uh, he does that boot strategic announcement to, to the press. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying like it shouldn't be covered. Mm. I'm just saying it's just an interesting uh, strategery. And and I uh, the whole thing cracks me up because the G7 is next June or July, and that he thinks he's going to still be president then just makes me laugh. Um. Although, you know, if the Senate doesn't convict right. and remove him, he, right. he very well could be. Um, it's too bad that uh, Senate vote isn't, uh, you know, uh, anonymous. Ah, I'm, I'm glad it is, though, because then you hold the people responsible for exonerating him and mm. then use that to run against him in 2020. Because they're all afraid of him, but I think they would impeach him if they weren't. If it were anonymous? Yeah. yeah. That, I think so. That is true. But then we would end up with Pence. So it's like mm, six and one half dozen. Mm. Uh, let's see. We have an update now in the Giuliani Associates indictment. Uh, they did manage to nab all four men. It was three. One was on the loose. Uh, and they're all out on bail except for Parnas, I believe, is still in lockup. It's a classy bunch. Huh? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's good enough to bring to uh, George Bush's funeral. Um, that's a weird funeral date. By really? the way, Lev Parnas. Um, <laughs> Probably held a gun to Giuliani's head and said, bring me to that funeral or else. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he gets into every event. You know, the this is my head. invite. It's a pistol. Well, apparently he has a history of that. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't remember who it was, but somebody stabbed somebody in the eye with a stem of a martini glass. It was somebody in in the Russia investigation. <laughs> just a real, just a what a Russian of, crime that is. A, to stab someone in the eye with a martini glass, a stem a yeah, broken off. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a, it was a stoli uh, martini. A, it had uh, to have been. Yeah. Um, and so I think Parnas is still in lockup. Uh, the other three have made bail. But last week, something interesting happened. Korea and Kukushkin were arraigned in federal court in New York. Both pleaded not guilty. Uh, it was reemphasized by Nicholas Roos. That's a fed- one of the federal prosecutors in the investigation that the investigation is ongoing. And we know that he didn't have to tell me that. But I know that. And we should all know that because. Uh, former Congressman Pete Sessions has been subpoenaed to testify to the federal grand jury in this case. And you can't keep a grand jury going unless you're pursuing more charges. Uh, meaning, like, if if the indictments into these four men were all that the indictments that they were going after, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to continue to bring witnesses into the grand jury. Okay, You have to have uh, some sort of basis uh, to have that investigation ongoing. Mm. That's why when, you know, when the Republicans say you're just on a fishing expedition, you literally can't do that. Mm. You have to have, like... Uh, articulable facts uh, that show probable cause to have this investigation continue that would probably lead to charges or at least, you know, if after it's investigated, you would know whether or not to bring charges and you aren't allowed to keep a grand jury impaneled for just the hell of it. Right. Similar to when they call something a witch hunt and it's clearly not. Yep. Similar. Uh, we also guessed this right off the bat because Lev and Igor were arrested earlier than prosecutors had planned to arrest them because they were attempting to leave the country with one-way tickets to Vienna vis-a-vis Frankfurt. Uh, and this thing has blown up into a counterintelligence investigation. I, I, I shouldn't say it just did. It's been. That includes Giuliani continuing the work of Manafort for Trump by taking payments from a shell company called Fraud Guarantee that's funded by a Putin-backed Ukrainian separatist named Fertosh. Uh, Something we had mentioned time and time again was that Fertosh was represented by Cohen's lawyer, Lanny Davis, who's an old Clintonite. But just recently, we learned that uh, Fertosh switched lawyers to none other than Fox News contributors Joe DeGeneva and Tonesing, Victoria Tonesing, I think her name is, uh, absolute conspiracy theorists. So Fertosh funds fraud guarantee that pays Giuliani under the radar, much like a shell company paid Manafort via Oleg Deripaska. Then Levin Igor, I've, I've been told it's Igor, not Igor, okay. make hundreds of thousands of dollars in straw donations to Trump's super PAC, which pays millions then to support Pete Sessions. And now Pete's being subpoenaed. And Fertosh is the one, incidentally, who wrote what they're calling the Biden dossier, which hmm. is a seven page pile of nonsense. And Giuliani is taking it all over Fox News and waving it around like it's real. Uh, it was probably in that packet. 
he sent uh, to the State Department Inspector General that gave that briefing to to Congress. Like, look what I found. It was came in that parchment envelope with calligraphy on the front and made it look like it came from the White House. But mm-hmm. inside was a bunch of Trump resort folders full of just uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories yeah. printed off the Internet. Um. So everyone's out on bail except for Parnas, who's failed to meet his bail conditions. And I was trying to figure out what that is. So if you're, you know, maybe I'll ask uh, Renato or uh, Joyce or one of our um, former U.S. attorneys. But the arraignment of Levin Igor was supposed to take place last week, but they pushed it to 1023. And I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if it's because they're working out a deal. Uh, I don't think a deal is tied to when you're arraigned. I think you can work out deals before or after you're arraigned. It shouldn't have an impact on when you're arraigned. Uh, or perhaps they were just being given more time to make their bail conditions. Or it could have been something as simple as a conflicting court schedule. And, you know, we shouldn't look into it any deeper than that. But uh, mm. Korea and Kukushin. Kukushkin? How do you say it? Kukushkin. Kukushkin. Kukushkin's going to kill me. They were arraigned when they were supposed to be arraigned, but they scooted the other two back a week. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, that meeting the bail condition thing is weird, right? Like, how do you. Did he maybe not have the money? Yeah. Or did he, like, not have a house to be in house arrest under or hmm. is he too much of a flight risk that he didn't meet the bail conditions or he wouldn't hand over passports or... well i think he went to give them the million bucks but then he pulled out a pistol and pointed it to the guy's head <laughs> and they were like ah you just fouled up that bail condition fail i love that that company was called fraud guarantee i know yeah, yeah. we named an episode that <laughs> it's just, i can't believe it it's like a it's like a fake email you would get that's just mm. like fraud guarantee or, yeah. you know yeah and it also sounds like yeah we guarantee fraud yeah like yeah. that's definitely going to happen. So, the bribery brothers. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's just bribery bros. Um, and then the other part the of the story brothers. I think is funny is Giuliani going on all the shows talking about there are two affidavits, right? Yeah. That prove it, and then it's like just a National Enquirer or something he's holding. Yeah. Like yeah. just a bunch of nonsense printed off the internet. And most of that him. came from Fertage. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they believe the conspiracy theories or they think that the constituents supporting will believe them it's like what do the, you think it's like the that? poor man's uh, russia meddling like yeah just let's <laughs> like russia up. was a lot more coordinated about this yeah. giuliani put giuliani in charge of it <laughs> giuliani's get, trying to type stuff up on the you thing get, you get printed out conspiracy theories <laughs> from the internet and you get the to Geneva. i, I say how this? do i screen cap <laughs> <laughs> i say this with like zero percent joking there needs to be fact-checking classes for senior citizens on how to find information on the internet that is reliable. Huh. Like, actually, for For real. everyone, really. Yeah, I mean, for point. everybody, mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think for a lot of us who are younger, we've had the internet from a younger age, so yeah. we've developed different research skills when it comes to finding information. That's but if true. you didn't get it until you were a lot older, and then there's all this information, and you're not exactly sure which sources are good or, like, how to research properly or how to, like, check your sources. Yeah. But even then, there's the rage factor, the outrage factor. True. Where, you know, somebody who's, mm-hmm. regardless of your age or your mental capabilities, mm-hmm. you'll see something that outrages you mm-hmm. uh, that is probably disinformation that mm-hmm. you want to share with other people to see what they think about it. And so, you know, there's also that factor. There should, you know, mm-hmm. I agree with you. There should be some sort of... Totally research you know class on how to do that but there should also be everyone needs to understand that they are trying to Mm -hmm. poke your buttons and people are looking for information that's like a confirmation bias people are looking for information that affirms what they already believe as opposed to wanting new information Mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure giuliani's lying but he also seems like the type of person that would try to send you a message on facebook but would just post it right on your wall you know (laughs) like how you doing a bunch of private like he's got all these weird tweets that go out but he meant them for to be dms (laughs) right yeah yeah Hey, mom, how you doing? Yeah. You're like, whoa, that's on your Twitter. And he's been <laughs> silent on Twitter for the past few days, Giuliani. So yeah, finally uh, shut I him up. I think he's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was supposed to also yeah. travel to Vienna, uh, which is where Fortasha is, by the way, being held. Uh, and there's some more stories coming up later about how recently uh, Giuliani met with some high-level officials at the Department of Justice to discuss... Uh, a, a bribery, a foreign bribery case that was very, very sensitive. I, mm. I think I know what that is, and we'll get to it. Uh, we'll just be right back. After Giuliani this. and the whole crew were in a white Bronco to the airport. Oh my god! Get, oh my god! Get out of here! <laughs> Going five miles an hour on the five. <laughs> right. Nice. All right, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey, it's AG, and I'm super pleased to announce that I found a deodorant that's aluminum-free, it has simple, understandable ingredients, and it works. You no longer have to sacrifice performance. It's called Native Deodorant, and they have over 8,000 five-star reviews. You can check them out on the Today Show, in Elle magazine, at Pop Sugar, and Refinery29, just to name a few. They have fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything that's in it, and it comes in a wide variety of scents, including limited edition seasonal scents, and a scent-free option, and a baking soda-free option for those with sensitivities. They have coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, which is what I have, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. And they offer free returns and exchanges in the U.S., so there's zero risk to try it. But the best part is, it works. I go to the gym multiple times a week. I'm also a runner, and Native stands up to to that test, along with some of my 16-hour days. Um, The scents are subtle. I smell great all day. It also doesn't turn my clothes white, and my skin feels better than it ever has. I cannot say enough great things about Native Deodorant. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com. Use promo code DAILYBEANS during checkout for 20% off your first purchase. You'll be glad you did. Okay, let's talk about Gordon Sundland. We didn't get a chance to because we were traveling. He testified Thursday, I believe, behind closed doors. Sundland is the American envoy to the European Union, which is a job that has nothing to do with Ukraine because Ukraine is not in the European Union. Um, Sundland is also has also zero experience in state, you know, in you know, being a diplomat. He's never been in the government before until he got this job. He was a hotelier in Portland, I think, uh, just a rich business guy that happened to make a $1 million donation to the Trump inaugural and buy himself an ambassadorship. He was so inexperienced, in fact, according to the New York Times, a top White House security advisor complained he was a national security risk. But according to the New York Times, Sundland elbowed his way into Ukrainian policy, much to the chagrin of John Bolton, by the way. Um, by attending Zelensky's inauguration in, in May and briefing Trump afterwards. And that may have been a terrible, terrible mistake <laughs> for him to like shove his way into Ukraine policy. Mm. Um, he's kind of a rich dick. And at one event, he told people his job was to destroy the EU. Uh, this is the guy that texted back and forth with Volker and Bill Taylor in that series of damning text messages spelling out the quid pro quo that was released by the three committees working on impeachment in the House. That's Oversight, Foreign Affairs, and Intelligence. So when we got wind that Sundland was going to testify that Trump told him to write the quid pro quo text, we thought, great, Sundland's flipping on Trump. But his actual testimony fell far short of that, and I think it could land him in jail. Uh, First, his excuse for why he was doing anything in, in Ukraine was lame. And we know that Trump directed him, but he did not testify to that. He, he sort of wormed his way out of having to answer that question. He testified that Ukraine is similar to other non-EU countries like Venezuela, Iran, and Georgia that have major impacts on the EU. So that worried me because Venezuela and Iran, uh, first of all, we did a story a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. Things go so quickly now. Vast amounts of Sitgo owned by Venezuela are about to be handed over to Rosneft, Russian company, Russian uh, gas company, on a default unless Mnuchin steps in. Steve. And Steve is the one that got Sundland the job as ambassador. So it's interesting that he's involved in Venezuela. And of course, Iran is under sanctions, but Turkish Hulk Bank was indicted this week for circumventing those sanctions. And Trump had told Erdogan he'd have Barr and Mnuchin, Steve, stop that indictment. But the indictment went ahead anyhow, just very late. Uh, And either way, Sundland didn't tell Congress he was working at the behest of Trump. He seemed to blame Pompeo. He said he didn't say Pompeo directed it. He said Pompeo approved everything. Uh, But we know he was working directly for Trump via Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Of course, Sundland did not deny the quid pro quo at the heart of the Ukraine scandal, but says he didn't know what Burisma meant, nor did he know, nor did he know it had anything to do with the 2020 election. And this is just got to be an outright lie. Um, And other testimony, uh, perhaps documentation, will prove that. It's just a lie. He also denied having any discussions about those characteristics of the quid pro quo with Giuliani, the State Department, or the White House. And that goes directly against his other testimony that Trump was the one who dictated the no quid pro quo text to him to send to Volcker and and Taylor. 
Uh, I could maybe see that he was just so stupid that he didn't pick up what was being put down and just repeated the lie Trump told him to repeat. But that possibility is shot to shit when you look at the context of the text messages where he says, call me and we should take this off text. (laughs) Um, He denies that was an attempt in his testimony to avoid leaving a record. He says instead he thinks diplomacy is best handled over the phone or face to face. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot more when the rest of the texts and communications are obtained from the State Department, and they will be, either voluntarily to avoid obstruction or by Congress withholding their pay, because they've done that. Adam Schiff has sent a letter saying, hey, you know, I don't have to pay you State Department employees if you don't comply with this uh, subpoena, or by court order. Uh, So we'll see. It just might take a little bit longer than we thought it was going to take. Also, have you seen his face? Uh, (laughs) Sundland's? Yeah. 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 He looks Trumpy. He yeah. looks Trumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Something about the way he carries himself. Something about the way he moves <laughs> reminds me of the president. I don't know what it is. I just thought, like, of course you are. Mm. You know? <laughs> of course you are. And the way he walks. It's like a smarmy bastard. <laughs> I, <laughs> you just have Sorry. a smarmy gait. <laughs> Profiling your walk. I know. And, it's, and, and, and I've said this before. It's like I always feel bad because in general, I'm not the type of person who, like, picks on people's appearances. Like, I'm actually, like... In, in outside of this podcast, like a very body positive person, like everyone is beautiful and everyone deserves respect. But for some reason, when it comes to describing Trumpy people, it's like I said before, I can like see the evil on the outside of their body. They're bringing it out of you. Yes. It's just like when you look at Kushner, you have sort of a visceral response to that head. When right? I look at Kushner, all I see is the void. The void. Yes. Mm. He never has any facial expressions. Yeah. I know. It's creepy. This <laughs> looks I want uh, just a picture of him and Pence staring into each other's eyes deeply. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, I'm sure it exists. Staring into the void. I bet it exists. It must. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, there, somebody said, I can't remember who it was, but a, a McCain ally said at McCain's funeral, mm-hmm. uh, some, a very pointed uh, statement saying, hate corrodes the container it's yes. carried in. Ooh, I keep coming back to that. Phrase. Yeah. And, that's and that's what I see when I look at the, and I put out a picture of nine of the most horrifically hate corroded people I could find. Uh, Aunt Sheldon Adelson, Trump's father, you know, Trump himself. And, and and just, I got a lot of backlash saying, you know, we shouldn't talk about people's appearance. And I'm mm. like, I think in this case, we're talking about their inner, energy. their inner, mm. their hate inside that it's comes the to energy the surface. Thing. It's physically manifested. Totally. It's It's been proven. If you yell at water, the molecules get scattered. Poor water molecules. If you yell at plants, they don't grow right, <laughs> you know? So um, what specifically do you think is going to be the thing that lands Sondland in jail? Uh, his uh, testimony that he was not aware that the quid pro quo mm-hmm. was had anything to do with the 2020 yeah. election. There, I think there are other testimony and other documentation and other text messages that mm-hmm. we haven't seen yet that will actually uh, prove that he knew prove that totally wrong. Well, yeah, like you said, it's like he stepped away, got messaging and came back. Yeah. Mm. And so I think in at least in that in that particular case, he perjured himself and, mm-hmm. and a lot of other a lot of other his testimony was contradictory to his own testimony. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think there could be a perjury case there. It's hard to make perjury stick these days. I don't know why. Um, for example, when Jeff Sessions says, I, you know, I did not meet with any Russians, uh, blah, yeah. blah. And, and he did. He got off the hook by saying, oh, I thought you meant that handshake I did at the Mayflower Hotel. That was not meeting with, you know, that wasn't a meeting with substantial meeting with the Russians. I I've, thought you said Prussians. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've met with Russians, just not substantially. You know, it's just a little. <laughs> they were just low key meetings, yeah. not high key meetings. <laughs> just, <laughs> it, the, it goes back to just all, all the best people. He has all the best people appointed for everything. Which is why he's replaced them all three or four times over. <laughs> he did a great job draining the swamp, you know. <laughs> He, he forgot to put a plug back in it. They just keep, <laughs> they just keep flowing through <laughs> the revolving swamp door. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's talk about the America First Action Trump Pack. Um, yes, let's. Yes, this is the one at the center of the indictment into Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Uh, and I'm going to try to keep saying Igor instead of Igor. Um, Igor was more of an insult, kind of the way I call Mnuchin Steve. Um, so bear with me, I'll, I'll get it right eventually. Uh, but it appears this isn't the PAC's first dirty excursion. For example, last year a guy named Randy Perkins donated half a million dollars to the Super PAC one day after being awarded a six-figure federal government contract from the Department of Defense on wildfire cleanup in Florida. One watchdog group started to look into that, and the PAC adjusted their report on the source of the funds, meaning they falsified it at first likely to hide it. 
But because what it what this looks like to me is Trump using our taxpayer money to award federal contracts and then having those contractors turn around and donate it back to his pack. That is pure and simple embezzlement. Uh, it is what Spiro Agnew went down for, but mm. on a much larger scale. If you listen to the Bagman um, podcast, he was selling. People would come in and give him envelopes full of cash, hmm. and then he would sell the contracts to them. So wow. there was this kickback cash scheme on contracts. He was a bagman. No, there was a bagman. It wasn't Agnew, but Agnew had to eventually resign. Don't uh, these guys make enough money? My God. You'd think. You'd think. It just uh, it boggles my mind. Trump is broke, though. So um, in another instance, the American an, an American subsidiary of a Canadian company donated about $5 million to the PAC in 2018, which may have violated the laws against foreign nationals donating to federal campaigns. And last year, a watchdog group called Common Cause asked the FEC to look into whether Trump was illegally coordinating with his PAC because you can't. That's the whole idea of a PAC is you can't coordinate with it. Right. It's supposed to be a separate secret it raises money and does things that you don't have control over and you don't get the money but the fec has not acted on any of these complaints because it lacks a quorum now we don't have enough people in the fec to even look into it uh, or enough people to vote on anything uh, the PAC's nonprofit affiliate is run by brad parscale that's trump's 2020 campaign manager it was his data guy uh, in 2016 worked with uh, Emmer Data and uh, Cambridge Analytica. And I'm certain that's how the campaign is coordinating with the PAC, is via Brad Parscale and their sister nonprofit. And Linda McMahon runs the PAC. She's the wrestling lady. Linda McMahon. The wrestling lady. She also made a million-dollar <laughs> donation to the PAC. And with no FEC, I feel pretty helpless on it. I mean, it's up to journalists now and watchdog orgs like Common Cause and Crew to, to expose these things. And there's nothing that... Congress can do about the like about staffing these departments, like uh, force Trump to staff them. But oh, then like again, the FEC. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. God, can you name this episode leader of the pack? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. Um, I mentioned that my mom was here this week from Canada, and we spent a lot of time talking about the Canadian election and also just comparing the U.S. system to the Canadian system. Mm. And it is like I, f I do find it a little bit stressful how much power the president has in comparison to a parliamentary system. You know, like I was trying to explain to my wife how, you know, how we're not actually voting for a prime minister in Canada. We're no, voting. yeah, you vote for your seats, and yeah. then whatever who has the majority of the seats, that person gets to be prime minister. Yeah, so whichever mm. party wins the most seats, the person leading that party gets to be prime minister. Mm -hmm. There could be an instance, however, like for example, where the uh, leader of that party doesn't win their own seat, and the person you thought was going to be prime minister isn't. Like that could happen. So you're not voting for a prime minister huh. at all. Um, you're voting for uh, the party you would like to be in power, yeah. and you're actually voting specifically for your local representative, seats. right? Yeah, seats, oh, right? Cool. So you're not voting for a president at all. And so the idea that the president has the power to just leave all of these departments unstaffed—that is, is just insane. Yeah. insane. You know, mm -hmm. like or even worse than unstaffed, he can staff it with people, people that are there to dismantle that very right, which is what he's done. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he can pick whoever he wants, and so it makes sense that he would pick, you know, a, 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 a climate denier to be a head of the EPA. Mm -hmm. It would make sense that he would pick Rick Perry, who wants mm -hmm. to dismantle everything, to be in charge of right. uh, energy. It, 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 you know, he this is how he do. Uh, but totally, uh, but like like we used to joke, he would put a dingo in charge of a baby. Right. Yeah. And uh, that okay, I hate it and it sucks, but it's legal. But yeah, to leave all these seats vacant, to to mm -hmm. have a crippled the FEC mm. so that it can't look into you is seems illegal to me and yeah. i think that these right. are the kind of laws that are going to have to be reformed yeah. when when we win in 2020 and correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's become more mainstream conversation with the ukraine stuff and with yovanovich but i think he's been ousting state state department officials for a while now all over the world mm -hmm. you know so it's like what's he up to in other countries because yovanovich yeah, we know is ukraine. not the only person who's been ousted yeah and so we see ukraine because of this call and mm -hmm. it's it's in the spotlight mm -hmm. right now but who was the envoy to russia who was and i you know we had all over you you know we had a all over the world uh fiona hill who who was working on russia stuff mm -hmm. and then you know china or australia or any any of these countries italy where they're trying to get you know and and we know this from early on when they made kt mcfarlane the ambassador to singapore because singapore was part of the middle east marshall plan to mm -hmm. build nuclear reactors and give nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia and that and she was handpicked by 
um, Bud McFarlane, who, you know, was a friend of Manafort's and, and Flynn. And so they got KT McFarlane in there. And once she left as Flynn's number two, became the ambassador to Singapore so that maybe she could help support mm-hmm. that plan. giving nuclear secrets to Saudi Arabia. Um, so it's just it's really interesting. Uh, and like I said, we can't I mean, we can you know protest who, who gets put in these positions. It's just when they're left vacant and pushed out and, right. you know, it's just like, what? Because now... That should be illegal. Yeah. It, it, it should. And yeah. I, th- I think hopefully when that pendulum swings back, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg was saying, and like Jordan talks about mm-hmm. the pendulum of time or whatever the fuck, yeah. when it comes back, I think we're going to have to start putting these laws into place that have some teeth. And I think Richard Painter should run that. Right. Run that show. Uh, he wrote the book on government ethics and... Well, who runs it right now, Lin- Linda or Vince McMahon? I can't remember <laughs> who it is. No disrespect to pro wrestling, but the whole, the whole, like administration is almost like a a, a foe. It's like it's a reality the pro show. wrestling of yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're not as good at. I mean, it idiocracy as the pro was one of the but um, idiocracy was one of the most streamed shows after the Trump election. Yeah. Stream movies, mm. sure. Right, because they're watering think, the plants with Gatorade. And yeah, I think I think in, in that too, in that movie, a bunch of the people who were for government were previously like in entertainment wrestling. Yeah, and again, like I have mad respect for aspects of that because the costumery and the and the drinking, the oh, yelling, the theater, right. and, and, what you, and what you have to yes. put your body through, and the yes. fact that you don't get health insurance. Those people are McMahon's entertainers. Are we have friends who were, pro, you know, Bob Hanson is a pro yeah. wrestler, but you know, but uh, this is goes way beyond. <laughs> I don't want the McMahon's anywhere near my government. Yeah, the White House. They Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, the, where's Ben Carson in all this, too? Why is he? He's what happened like to the that last guy? He's, he's the HUD secretary. There's more on him later. He's oh. going to finally jump out from under the ring and hit somebody with a folding chair. Ah! Like just to finish Sleepy this. Ben if he can Carson. wake up. Yeah. He has to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> he seems snoozy, doesn't he? He slept through this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy with the bathroom pass from summer school. Where have you been all year? Oh, bathroom. <laughs> where's the rest of the administration? <laughs> the guy in the bathroom for six weeks got a 98. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with more headlines. You ever wonder where your family comes from? You can discover more about them and learn about your story by combining the Ancestry DNA test with billions of historical family records. Ancestry DNA gives you so much more than just the places you're from. Ancestry connects you to the places in the world where your story started using precise geographic details and clear-cut historical insights. They've combined DNA results with over 100 million family trees and billions of records to give you more insight into your genealogy and your origin. Ancestry's unique features and record collections can give you a more complete picture of people from your past, like the events that shaped them, how they made a living, and even how long they attended school. And it's so easy to get started. I got my results and was surprised to learn I'm Dutch, because growing up we all thought we were Irish, and apparently I'm not at all Irish, in fact. Uh, And I amplified my results by building a tree and was able to trace my ancestors over time. And I found out, this is so cool, I'm related to Harry Reeser, who is a banjo player and band leader comic from New York in the 1920s. So go to Ancestry.com slash Daily Beans today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com slash Daily Beans for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. Ancestry.com slash Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. Okay, here's some news that'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. It appears that Ukraine wasn't the only place Trump was purposefully holding up funds. For, uh, apparently, he also held up funds for Puerto Rico hurricane relief. And this is where Ben Carson comes wow. in. A top official with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is what Ben Carson runs, admitted in a congressional hearing Thursday before the House Appropriations Committee that HUD knowingly missed a congressionally mandated deadline that would have made desperately needed hurricane relief funds available to Puerto Rico. Oh my they said, quote, HUD did fail to comply with the law. HUD was supposed to give funding notices to 18 states affected by disasters on September 4th, and they published all the notices except Puerto Rico's. And HUD admitted they had no statutory authority to miss that deadline. When asked why, they said corruption. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) That's the right answer. Doesn't that like, why did we withhold military aid to Ukraine? Corruption. Yeah. So that's their go to word. And we talked with Asha Rangappa, former counterintelligence FBI special agent, about using language and propaganda and and they're doing with the word corruption what they did with the word collusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make you think it thinks means something else and then having it be okay in the end and then accusing the Democrats of doing it. Yeah. No, you're corrupt. Yeah. 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 You see? Yeah. (laughs) 
So that's really shitty that of, of the yeah. 18 states, 17 got their notice. Because the notice, mm. you write that notice, it allows you to start mm-hmm. applying for the funds. Again, there's no line that they won't cross. It's unbelievable. And they purposefully, they testified that they purposefully and knowingly missed that deadline for specifically Puerto Rico. Oof. Now, Puerto Ricans are American citizens. So this is like particularly egregious. And I know 9 million things have happened since Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, but they're still hurting. Mm. And what he did in the wake of that disaster, like left so many more people vulnerable. And yeah, it's just the fact that they did this to to people who are um, who are American citizens. And the thing is, Trump just doesn't see them that way. Well, and there were indictments into that energy company that was supposed to restore power to Puerto Rico that Mm -hmm. had never worked in energy sector before and took a multi-million dollar contract to restore the energy to Puerto Rico. And it was a company that had like four employees. That's what... Uh, Naomi Klein calls disaster capitalism. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So these people, they, 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 uh, there are people waiting in the wings to take advantage of uh, natural disaster. And the thing is, if you don't think that there are people who run all different sorts of companies who are aware of climate change, but don't give a shit because in the short term, it, it stands to gain them money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So if you, if you haven't, if you haven't, um, read any of Naomi Klein, uh, the concept of disaster capitalism is really interesting. And she talks a lot about how companies like are and will exploit, are planning to and will exploit you in the wake of natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happened with the super PAC mm-hmm. uh, donation. They basically <clears throat> awarded um, this wildfire you know, yeah. cleanup uh, company five hundred thousand dollar supplemental contract through the department of defense the next day that company makes a four hundred ninety thousand dollar donation to that trump super PAC. Mm -hmm. that is basically also like what makes matches or something yeah yeah (laughs) we're the zippo lighter company (laughs) oh well you guys should be involved in wildfire cleanup (laughs) (laughs) makes perfect sense they're out there with their lark scooters just Mm -hmm. at a rake i don't know but just Literally, the next day to donate pretty much the entire supplemental contract amount that you got back into the Trump Super PAC means that $500,000 of money that was designated to help with disaster cleanup went directly to Trump's pockets. It seems like such an obvious crime, or or it should be. I can't believe that's it's Well, we don't, we don't have an, it's not permitted. We just don't have an FEC right oh, now gotcha. right, to investigate it. Right, because he's working on the windmill cancer. Yep. Yeah. Woo, windmill cancer. <laughs> and finally, I've been tweeting this uh, for months. Dem lawmakers are now calling for a probe into possible insider trading. President Trump's comments move markets. Uh, multiple times he's called for tariffs only to pull back at the last second. And I tweeted last May, is anyone looking into Trump or his family or his associates' stock moves days before and after these announcements? I know somebody's running away with a pile of cash. Well, Ted Liu and Kathleen Rice told Stephanie Rule. Uh, about a new report that says his comments, Trump's comments, have made a mysterious group of traders billions off of stock bets. Mm. And now they want to investigate that. So there's another neat Ted thing. Ted Lee is awesome. Wow. Hmm? Ted Lee is awesome. I know. Mm-hmm. He's so snarky and fantastic. Good. I wonder who his like social media person is or if he just does this himself. I'm, I'm dying to know because I want to hire that person. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, and ProPublica with another bombshell this week about how never-before-seen Trump tax documents prove the major inconsistencies that Cohen told us about it in his congressional testimony. If you'll remember in that testimony, Cohen told members of Congress that Trump would inflate the value of his properties to get loans, but then deflate the numbers when paying taxes. The practice of making your businesses appear more profitable to lenders and less profitable to the tax man is fraud. Uh, Manafort's in jail for it right this second. Fraud guarantee. (laughs) Fraud guarantee. (laughs) Remember one of our earlier uh, Republicans can't tech segments when we found out Manafort tried to inflate his assets by converting PDFs into Word documents, but fucked up the format when he tried to convert them back and had tried to get his secretary to fix it for him. Uh, That's illegal. He was trying to inflate his assets on his business sheets. So... Mm. Uh, it's federally illegal, and we know it's also a state crime, uh, at least in New York, because right now Cy Vance is investigating the Trump Organization for violating a New York law that disallows you to falsify business documents uh, and business filings, which we know Trump did when he called the payments to Cohen legal fees when he was actually paying back the hush money donations. Uh, but this week, in documents obtained by ProPublica, they show major differences in how Trump's businesses reported some expenses, profits, and occupancy figures for two Manhattan buildings giving a lender different numbers than they provided the New York City tax authorities. For example, Trump told a lender he took twice he took in twice as much rent uh, than he told the tax man (laughs) the same year. 
Uh, it's fun to you know have a successful business and take in twice as much rent. Uh, you should pay taxes on that. Um, it's not clear whether he inflated it to make the rent or if he, you know, it's not clear what number was true, but they were very different. He also gave conflicting occupancy numbers for one of his buildings on Wall Street because lenders like to see rising occupancy rates. But he told the tax authority the occupancy was much less than it was. ProPublica obtained the property tax documents using New York's Freedom of Information law. The documents were public because Trump appealed his property tax bill. So even though he was cheating on it, he appealed it because it was too high um, for the building every year for nine years. He appealed the property tax bill. So the greedy motherfucker made his own records public by appealing his already cheated tax bill. And ProPublica then compared the tax records with loan records that became public when Trump's lender sold the debt on his properties as part of a mortgage-backed security. That lender, by the way, is called Ladder Capital, and they employed Jack Weisselberg, son of Trump org CFO Alan Weisselberg and longtime fantasy indictment draft favorite. Mm. According to ProPublica, Jack Weisselberg was at UBS when they loaned Trump $7 million. And then Alan Weisselberg bought a Trump condo for well below market rates and then deeded it to his son, Jack, who then sold it for three times as much what his dad paid. So I think that was the payback. Um, Another inconsistency in Trump's reporting of insurance costs. Uh, You can write off insurance and Trump reported it for the Wall Street property at three quarters of a million, but told the lenders it was less than half a million. So that's a liability. So you want it to be less for the lenders and more for the tax man because you can write that off. Then there's the underlying lease. Trump told the tax man it was $1.65 million, but told lenders it was $1.24 million. So not only is he deflating uh, his or inflating his assets and deflating his liabilities, he's doing the opposite uh, with, you know, with his what he owes versus what his assets are. And that's a pretty significant difference, $1.65 million to $1.24 million. And there'd, there'd be no other reason for it. Um, we know that multiple congressional committees, the Manhattan District Attorney, as well as the New York Attorney General, Tish James, are all looking into this. Uh, everyone's just waiting on those tax returns, the federal tax returns, really. But they, I love that they got a hold of these documents through public filings because Trump mm. filed, you know, appeals for his tax property tax bills nine years in a row of all his crimes this is the least surprising to me yeah no this is the stuff that he's just been doing since he was born what i expected i'm surprised that they can't get these tax this taxes it's just going through the courts uh it's going pretty fast too it's just it's held up in appeals a little bit but i think that we'll be we'll be getting them pretty soon Mm. i I think the thing is though again this is not going to matter to his base it's it, it matters legally you know, it matters to people who are trying to impeach him, but to his base, it doesn't matter if these tax returns come out because the fact that he's never released them shows that he's guilty. If yeah. he had nothing to hide, he would have released them years ago. I don't think his base gives a shit. And I think what's what's sort of tragic about that is whatever his base feels is reflected then in the Senate, which is going to be reflected in this impeachment vote. So if there was a way to change the minds of the base, mm-hmm. I think that would make a difference because I, I think that Republicans are really uh, just going the way of their constituents and they want to be reelected. Yep. I, I honestly don't think it's about the base and I don't give a shit what they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's about how many crimes, mm-hmm. actual crimes you can bring to him to force him to either resign mm-hmm. or if he doesn't, we vote him out and then he can go to jail. He can be prosecuted for those crimes. Yeah. So I, I kind of don't give a crap you don't th- if his I mean, base do you think cares or not. That he would, I, th- I think he could be reelected. Um, I don't know that he will be voted out. Huh. That's, I have no. I don't you don't think, think so? Mm-mm. Who do you think will beat him? I know there's a different uh, subject here, but uh, any Democrat will be. Yeah, yeah I not I any think that any of the top five Democrats. It's going to take um, younger people voting, but um, I don't think anyone should discount how riled up young people are on climate change and guns right now. Mm. The, the, I thought that in the '90s, and they still only voted at about 24. percent I think Parkland changed something. I hope so. I that's how I feel. I mean, I feel like. I mean, and again, I could be wrong. Young people could show up to vote in really low numbers, but I feel something feels different this time. It seems to me that the economics of the situation are such like when I talk to Trump supporters, they say, well, we don't really listen to what he says, but he's good for our finances. But they, but he's not. But that, they that's think the thing. he is. And so I think that he told he tells you know, them they are. He yeah. is. And that's they believe it. So. Right. I, I don't think I, I kind of don't care about cracking his base. What's important to me are independent voters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they will be moved a little bit on tax returns. Which is a huge block. It is. It's giant. Huge here. Yeah. So and yeah. also non-voters uh, mm-hmm. might actually show up to vote. 
uh, in, in some of these situations. So I think that's probably where, where our focus should be. Um, I, the, the deplorables, I think, are lost. Well, it just seems like the one thing that has moved the needle there with, with that is, is the Ukraine thing. Yep. Th- that scandal seems to be the one thing that Republicans have spoken out against. Yep. You know, and uh, Syria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. To me, it's it, it might be more important than we think to to convince some rational people that there are just a significant amount of crimes happening that can't be ignored and shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. Agreed. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, all we could do is wait and see. Yeah. And vote. And vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back with some schadenfreude. Whether you're a pet person or a dog lover or fur mama, however you identify, we all go to great lengths for the health and happiness of our pod dogs. Uh, All the things we do for the health, happiness, and longevity of our pups, Embark is probably the most important. An Embark breed and health DNA test is the key to understanding what you need to do to provide your dog with their best life. From breed traits to genetic risk factors for health conditions, Embark provides the resources to help you and your vet best tailor care to your dog's specific needs. Uh, We got our kit, and it was so easy to swab the doggo, and then Embark sends us updates about where they are in the process. The whole thing has been super customer-focused and very easy to use. Uh, I'm mostly excited to know where my dog's family comes from, and also if she's at risk for any genetic health conditions. The Embark Dog DNA Test Kit is the most comprehensive kit on the market, looking at over 250 breeds and screening for over 170 genetic health conditions so that we can help our vet provide the best medical care. And I trust Embark. They're the number one rated dog DNA test by customers. It was developed by PhDs and veterinarians, and it's the only canine relative finder on the market. And Embark has an exclusive holiday offer that you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. That's EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. You'll be glad you did. All right. So speaking of Syria, uh, Trump touted this amazing ceasefire. He brokered the best deal in the world. And uh, it doesn't seem to be holding. It seems like it was used to help push back the Kurds even more. So that's, you know, what's going on right now um, in Syria. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that, you know, we could talk about that we've already, you know, brought up. But to put it in context, you know, that just all of the things that is that are going on in Syria are exactly what Putin wants. Um, And he's playing right into Assad, uh, Erdogan and Putin's hands uh, for this. And it's, it's, it's frankly disgusting, because uh, the other news that came out this weekend was that uh, they said he was withdrawing troops and his reason for doing this for abandoning our Mm -hmm. Kurdish allies and and leaving them to be uh, to be part of a genocide. Uh, was that we're bringing the troops home. I ran on that I ran on bringing the troops home. It turns out that the troops were actually diverted to Iraq. Um, that we found out found mm. that out this weekend. So the troops aren't coming home. They're going to Iraq, um, mm-hmm. which again plays into Putin, Erdogan, and Assad's hands. So all roads lead to Putin. Yes, and that was a very uh, prescient thing that um, Nancy Pelosi said in that historic photograph uh, that that's been going around the internet that I love. Yeah, the one that's her uh, Twitter profile. Picture yeah. now, her cover image. <laughs> yep, it's good shit. Could you had to really search that picture for another woman in that room? <laughs> I can only find yep. one. Yeah, and there's no people of color in there. And I noticed, I think one of the things, strong things I noticed is that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff sitting next to him, uh, General Milley, I think his name is, and then the, uh, the other two gentlemen just They're all hanging hands their heads. folded, They're all heads bowed, like, heads. this is so embarrassing. Yeah. You know what? I don't always agree with everything Nancy Pelosi does, and um, and I don't even always trust her. But that being said, I think that she more so than any of the men she works with is best qualified to handle this because a woman her age in her position has been dealing with fucking assholes her whole life <laughs> yeah, yeah she's been mansplained her entire yes career. and she's like no no yeah. not th- she does remain this is not calm. how i'm ending my career she no. seems to stay calm under pressure well like you would have to be yeah wouldn't you to I be dealing a woman with him especially yeah and that's why that when, when his uh you know ca- characterization of the media was she flipped out no, and she had a meltdown yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh Really? Yeah. Really? Because you have a meltdown that, every day. Is that... You're a, a human meltdown. <laughs> so get it, Nancy. Yes, get it. Uh, and this is interesting. Giuliani mixes his business role, uh, his business with his role as Trump's lawyer. And this is what I was bringing up earlier. A few weeks ago, Rudy met with some defense lawyers, the head of Justice Department's criminal division, and attorneys in the fraud section. Fraud guarantee. Fraud guarantee. To discuss... <laughs> a foreign bribery case for a client that Rudy described as very, very sensitive. 
Uh, of note, the head of the criminal division at Department of Justice is none other than Brian Benchkowski, who once represented Alpha Bank, which played prominently in the Mueller investigation. We talked about him at length in, in earlier episodes of Mueller, she wrote. Uh, one can't help but think this has to do with Fertosh. When Rudy says, I have a client in a foreign bribery case, very, very sensitive, I think he was actually asking Brian Benchkowski to maybe lay off the investigation into Fertosh. Now, we've hmm. asked for Fertosh to be extradited. He's he's facing charges here in the United States for a foreign bribery case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so who else would Giuliani be meeting about? A foreign bribery case, very, very sensitive. Hmm. Um, Fertosh, like I said, was supposed to be extradited to the U.S., but that's been on hold, and I can't figure out why. If you know why, hit us up. Hello at Mueller, she wrote, or I'm sorry. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Daily Beans Pod. At Daily Beans Pod, yes. Uh, and, and, and let us know, because I haven't been able to find it. I haven't been able to find why Fertage's extradition has been put on hold, because the um, the Austrian uh, you know, Grand Poobah, I can't remember what he's called, made the decision, their Supreme Court made the decision that mm-hmm. he could be extradited, and he still hasn't been uh, to Chicago to face these bribery charges, some bribery, some bribery scam in India. Hmm. Trump's probably like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure Barr is blocking the extradition yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I just don't know. And I was wondering if anybody had heard anything on that. But now we Tweet have us. Giuliani meeting with Brian Benchkowski, who was installed by Trump to be head of criminal division at Department of Justice. What a great idea. Mm-hmm. A crimer in charge of criminal division uh, to, to talk about a foreign bribery case for one of his clients that's very, very sensitive. I there that there has to be obstruction of justice there. Giuliani ha- has a past of doing this. He went in and asked Tillerson to let um, Zarab off the hook. Reza Zarab. Reza mm. Zarab was part uh, hooked to that Turkish Hulk Bank scheme of smuggling $10 billion of gold and cash uh, to Iran, circumventing U.S. Uh, sanctions. And when he was in jail, Turkey Erdogan wanted Giuliani and Trump to let him out and send him back while also simultaneously asking us to extradite Gulen. Um, mm. So it's just a whole... so. Uh, Everything, everything is connected, and um, it, I, it's got to be for Tosh. So my beans on for Tosh. Whenever you're scribbling, I, I, whenever you're just like putting pieces together, and you're scribbling in your notebook. I always think of that, uh, that meme of Charlie Day from it's all, every time. <laughs> I have one with my head superimposed on it that oh somebody made for us. I'm that yes, that's exactly who you are in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know if you guys know this. I make these connections like while I'm sitting here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's uh, the Brian Benchkowski, the Benchkowski thing, though, just jumped right out at me. I remember when they nominated him and I was like, oh, my effing God, the guy, a lawyer for Alpha Bank. What? He's head of criminal division. A fraud guarantee. It's so disappointing that, that Giuliani fall from grace. It's just that he made his bones trying to dismantle the mob and the, and the organized crime. Right. And, then, and now he's being investigated yeah. by the office he used to run. It's yeah. almost like he did research as to which mobsters he wanted to work with later. <laughs> You know, he yeah. took down the Italian mafia, but like left the, yeah, Uc- he left Ukraine. the Ukrainian and Russian <laughs> mafia. He's like, let's work. Uh, let's uh, keep my card. I like I like y- the cut of your jib. Yeah, you guys have <laughs> some pretty good money. You know what else I was just thinking of? And this is going to be so niche for like the 10 lesbians who listen to our show. But um, also the chart from the L word. You know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. So tweet me. That's it's the same thing as the Charlie Dane meme. Everywhere yeah, there's this thing on the L word, which is a very important show for queer women. <laughs> and one of the characters is talking about how all gay women know each other, and she has a chart <laughs> on her wall, and she's like, "This person slept with this person, and this person knows this person through this, and they're all connected, and everyone knows each other, and we're all two degrees of separation." And she literally, I thought it was on her wall or on her computer. I think it's on her computer. It's an early 2000s, so she has like a dial-up desktop in her living room. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, we it, like that w- fraud guarantee, but for yeah, Giuliani everyone's has connected. One of those. Yeah, they're yeah. all connected. Yeah, all these fraudsters are connected the same way the like ten lesbians in your town are connected. <laughs> they fall asleep together. Ten <laughs> lesbians in your town. <laughs> Les- lesbies, lesbies, yeah. lesbies, uh, transgenitals, and queefs. <clears throat> oh God, that's from Saturday Night Live, not me. Yeah, it's from Saturday Night Live. You can email Woody Harrelson if you have a problem with that. Notice I shut up during that. Yeah, part. you did. That was probably wise. Um, <laughs> Because we'll get hit with emails for it. You know me. Um, Here's something cool. Um, The State Department has cleared Hillary of any mishandling of her emails. (laughs) This this comes after... Trump's State Department? Yeah, Trump's State Department. Mike fucking Pompeo. After years long... disappointed. Three inve- three year investagation again again this is not the only one there but have been multiple 
yeah. uh, into her private email server. And while they found that the use of the system increased uh, the risk of compromising classified information, there was no systematic or deliberate mishandling of classified information. And I love how New York Times will put Hillary email scandals on the front page for friggin' three years. But then when they exonerate her, it's on page 16. Uh, but unfortunately, the 38 officials who were flagged for sending emails to Clinton on her private server who had their emails retroactively classified could now have a harder time getting security clearances in the future. So, that, I mean, while it's a win, again, you know, just another exoneration of Hillary's emails from Pompeo's State Department, Trump's administration. They couldn't uh, even make up anything. They huh? couldn't even make up anything. Wow. But these these 38 officials who had retroactively classified emails of non-classified material could have a hard time in the future. So yeah. that, that really sucks. Uh, all right, time for a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude! And a judge has denied Alan Dershowitz's attempt to block a defamation lawsuit filed by one of Jeffrey Epstein's accusers, Virginia Giuffre. Giuffre has said she was forced into sex with Dershowitz and then sued him for defamation after he denied ever having met her, then called her a serial liar, a serial perjurer, and a serial prostitute. And a serial mascot. No, I like, like, just... Like Tony the Tiger? Yeah. They're, I got it. They're great. <laughs> Dershowitz had asked the judge to... Um, to throw the case out, to disqualify it. They wanted to toss it out uh, and, and disqualify Giuffre's lawyer. The judge granted Dershowitz the request um, that she has to find new legal representation, but denied his request to throw out the case. So he has to face this accuser. Mm. So that makes me... Uh, Is it defamation to say that it looks like you would have to be forced to have sex with him? <laughs> Is that another... <laughs> Thing. We, we're gonna have to cut that out. Is that is that he kept creep his underwear shaming? Out. He's just a creepy looking dude. You could shape you could shape creamers. I, I, okay. I think that's true. Shame creepers. Yeah, yeah. You can you can creep shame creepers. Yeah, you could shape creamers. Okay, you could shape creamers. Just so you know, it's been nothing a long came of Epstein, Epstein's death either, huh? Well, that uh, that, that investigation sort of went away. Mm. Um, two of the know. cameras, I think, were not working. I personally don't think that he was. Suicided. I think he yeah. honestly died by suicide uh, because the day before he did it, he had his lawyers in there to set up this trust to protect his money from his accusers. Yeah, but that's a really big coincidence if you mm. if you weren't planning on dying. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what's going to come out of the investigation of his death itself, but in terms of his estate and the people connected to him, those things are ongoing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's I'm, just another layer now they have to get through because the right. day before exactly. he died. He, he he stashed all his money in a trust. Yes, yes. It seems a, more like the the um, Tom Hagen Frank, uh, Frank Pentangeli scene in The Godfather, where he comes and get, tells him the story about the the Roman emperors that would take their own life and yep. lay down in the bath and open. You know, that yep. seemed more like yeah. suggestion. Yeah, uh, uh, who knows? Can you do this? And, it's. I, I will say this. Um, between uh, I, he wasn't surprised by his death. I don't think whether no, whether it was no, delivered so. by someone else or himself. I don't think he was surprised by it. Right. Um, between Epstein and um, Harvey Weinstein, I think seeing powerful men who um, abused and assaulted and did wrong for a very very long time um, to be brought well to brought to justice. I'm dying is not being brought to justice, but to, to have these things uncovered. Um, is a I think an important thing that's happening right now culturally you know yeah, I'm glad a, to see it it's a very powerful thing and I yeah. think I, I think and that's another reason I, I kind of think that Jeffrey Epstein died by suicide is because I think that that was a big F you to the people who were looking for justice from him right and I think he robbed them of that yeah. I think that was one of his yeah. uh, you know one of the reasons uh, that he went it's uh, a, the way that he did it's a weird silver lining of the era that we're living in is that we're choosing the, we're deciding that men can't do that anymore yeah. All right, guys, that is our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Any final thoughts from you guys? No, but thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks I, for I being enjoyed here. the Daily Beans, and I'm very uh, privileged to be a part of it today. Yeah, so, thanks thank for joining you. us. It was yeah. my, actually my first time meeting Jesse. Yeah, You're a comedian here in San Diego? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And we will be having more guest hosts. We're going to have Margaret Cho coming up soon. We're going to have yeah. Carmen Morales coming up oh, soon. Oh, that's fantastic. So look forward to more rotating guest hosts. Uh, Tits, Mc- Tits McGee will be back from vacation <laughs> tomorrow. Cool. Uh, and thank you again so much. Anything? Yeah, no final thoughts from me. Um, yeah. I, I watched the highlights from the from the Dem debate finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh wow. Who's gonna win? What's your thoughts? What's my thoughts on that? Yeah. 
Elizabeth Warren. Okay. It's yeah. it's Warren Sanders or Biden. Yeah. For and sure. if you if you don't if if who who you support is not one of those three people, don't get to attach to the person you support right yeah. now because right. you you don't want to have to hate voting for one of those three people because sure. you will end up needing to. Sure. Yeah. My final thought is related to the thought I was just saying before about how women are over it. It was amazing when Biden tried to claim um claim ownership over her successes in creating the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And she was like, yeah, thank you, Obama, for the support on that. <laughs> She's an excellent debater. She is. Uh, Women are uh, Warren. Over it. You're talking about Warren. Yes, Warren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Or uh, when um, AOC uh, spoke at the Bernie rally and said, yes. you know, he started CHIP, thanks for CHIP. And then uh, I think everyone was like, um, that was Hillary. And, and mm. I'm not going to get in the middle of that argument yeah. right now because I'm going to vote for whoever the Democrat is. And I know that some people have really strong feelings about Hillary speaking up uh, this week specifically about Tulsi Gabbard, about Tulsi Gabbard. And I know people uh, are very um, there's a lot of feelings about that. And I'm going to keep my you if you follow uh, the main Mueller, she wrote Twitter, you might get a hint as to what I think about that. But I'm always going to try to be respectful of everyone's opinions. Uh, so, yeah. but I, I'm not going to go into that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to touch it because I, I personally don't think Tulsi is going to be the nominee. And mm-hmm. so it feels like a pointless waste of time to argue about this. Yeah, kind of. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I do think that it was, whether you thought that messenger should be Hillary or not, I think it was smart to come out and say that, uh, she's a threat for a third party green party, a third party mm-hmm. green party run. Um, to Jill Stein the election because now if she does it it could be in question but uh, you know again hmm. I don't know the I, I uh, nothing to say nothing to say yeah. <laughs> fair enough yeah I'm, I'm surprised that Republicans hold on to Trump so tightly when they could just get a better candidate I mean if you want to be conservative Republican why not pick someone who's not inept and corrupt because it's and not criminal? their party anymore it's the it's Trump's not. party now that's the thing yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah, that was pretty much it. It was, it was I, I wish that they would talk more about climate change. That's kind of my rallying thing right now. It's really, I mean, it's such a huge crisis and I just wish, I'm, I'm a few days late on this, so I apologize. I know the WWE was like three days ago. I just finally watched it last night. Mm. But um, that's why I, I, we need to be talking more about that all the time, constantly. And I, I think, just wish I think we they will when that. we have fewer than 12 people on stage. Right. Which hopefully will be soon. Yeah. But um, we, I don't know. We'll see. Other than that, oh, thank you for all your pod animals. Also, that's been awesome. Yes. Keep people sharing. keep sending them. And it's awesome. I, I, I wake up every day to more pod animals, and it just thrills me. So There's pod buns. Pod buns. Ugh, I've pod had buns. some pod hamsters, I think. And pod guinea pigs. Pod cats, and yes, and mm-hmm. um, a pod bird, perhaps, pod, pod at one pigs, point. Just regular pod pigs. Uh, pod pigs, yeah. <laughs> Keep sending your animals. Pod pot belly pigs. Makes me super happy. It's good alliteration. <laughs> Everybody, please take care of yourselves. Pod yeah. <laughs> pod take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health seriously this week. Take a, take a nice day off. Have a hot bath. Have an equal opportunity bath and, and have some wine. Uh, I've been AG. I've been Mandy Reeder. I've been Jesse Egan. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>